Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you, right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. Hi, I'm Carmen, and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today on the show, we're excited to talk about a fascinating real estate opportunity, which is investing in tiny homes. We're so thrilled to bring Jennifer McCarthy on the show from Teacup Tiny Homes. Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic episode. We're covering a topic that's really, really interesting and growing in popularity over really? the last few years, and that's tiny homes. So we're really excited to have you kind of share all of your industry knowledge on this topic. But to start, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started your own um, tiny home company. Yes. Well, it is... A great story that started after I had my son and a lot of tiny home shows on TV. And my background is in interior design. I have home building experience. I've been in home building since I was 19. And a little bit of trailer manufacturing experience. So I Mm. thought, wow, let's mix those together and build tiny homes. And in 2016, uh, Teacup Tiny Homes was born. So that's basically how it started. Amazing. Yeah. So 2016. So do you own any tiny homes yourself or are you, who do you sell to? Right. Well, technically I own a few right now <laughs> just yes. through the building process. Yeah. Uh, who we sell to, the market is all over the place. And first off, what exactly is a tiny home yeah. for those who oh, may yeah. not know exactly <laughs> what that constitutes? Right. So a tiny home is defined here in Canada Mm-hmm. 500 square feet or less. So in the U.S., we've also seen it defined as 400 square feet or wow. less. So okay. it kind of wow. depends. There's no official term, but that is basically what people go off of. So tiny homes can be something that is built on site, built on a foundation, mm-hmm. just in a small envelope. But what you do see often is tiny homes on wheels. And that's what we've started with at Teacup although we are now branching into the tiny homes that will be installed on foundations as well. Wow. Very cool. There's so many things. Like, I I heard you were coming on the show, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that'd be such a great idea. I've got, Mm -hmm. you know, some properties that have extra land. Maybe we can rent these, and that's what we're going to talk about, too, the aspect of getting this into an investment vehicle, not just a a lifestyle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to build off of Carmen's question, yeah, what do you really see the demographic here? Like what type of people traditionally are gravitating towards this tiny home mm-hmm. type of vehicle, either for living in or, or using as an investment? Why do people want to live in a little tiny home? I don't get that. But uh, <laughs> just, just doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Why does the sun rise every day? Yeah, yeah, okay. No. Um, okay. no, there's really great, the, the demographic we see everyone from millennials to retired people. Mm -hmm. So for us personally, we have a large demographic of single middle-aged women that really want a home for themselves. They want it Mm -hmm. custom built, they want Mm -hmm. it functional, they want the beautiful design that we specialize in. So we see a lot of that. Um, However, a lot of millennials are also going after tiny homes because of the price point. It's just so much more affordable Mm -hmm. to live in something that is smaller and still have it nice and functioning. 
Yeah, and we're seeing this especially, like I mean, in, in the GTA yes. in Ontario, but I think across Canada, it's just the the housing prices are are so expensive that it's getting harder and harder for millennials to get into the housing market, and we're just left houses. with yeah. with no real option besides renting. And I mean, if this is a an opportunity mm -hmm. for people to enter that and actually own, um, you know, a home for themselves. That's that's a fantastic opportunity there, right? Yeah. Well, people are, are actually buying condos that are 400 square feet, 500 square feet, and they're paying huge bucks for these properties. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine? And then and then they're confined to their small little building. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. So people could actually buy this and and place it where you would like to live now how do people do they own land or can you rent land how does that work yeah it gets there's a few different ways to go about it and it really depends mm -hmm. if you have a tiny home that's going to be on a foundation place right kind of in one spot mm -hmm. but because we've seen them on wheels that has become very attractive especially yeah. to say our millennials because they want no stuff they want to be free they're working from their computers they want to work wherever they can they want to travel, travel. exactly yeah. they're investing their money into experiences Lifestyle. instead of having a house to clean instead of having stuff so that's where a lot of the millennials are are wanting that more nomadic lifestyle so they really like the trailers so where they're putting them when tiny homes are on trailers typically we are certifying them as RVs there are mm -hmm. certified tiny homes and not certified tiny homes but if they're on wheels typically they're considered park models or RVs mm -hmm. which in that case you can put them really anywhere you can put an RV so where they're staying RV parks especially for the ones that like to move around more mm -hmm. is they're finding places like RV parks or um, farms acreages big places where there's an abundance of land thing. And that's another point that we really wanted to talk about today mm -hmm. was is this opportunity for people that maybe own land, that have acreages that they're just not really doing much with and using this as an investment tool where they can buy, um, buy a tiny home, place it on their property and rent that out and create an income there, which I think is a really cool avenue mm -hmm. that yeah. is probably a little bit more, it's non-traditional from what you would typically think, right? Mm -hmm. And based on what we did on numbers, it's very lucrative so mm -hmm. it's a very interesting way of thinking about real estate and it, it never like as I mentioned earlier we were talking about you coming on the show and I went wow what a great concept you know yeah. we have an island um, and paid basically nothing for it way up north but can you imagine if we could put like 15 or 20 of these tiny homes on there and rent them out mm -hmm. yes amazing yes. yeah so exactly you you designed you designed the tiny homes is it how many different designs do you have? Oh. What does that process look like? Mm -hmm. When I originally entered into building tiny homes, I was like, no problem, this is going to be a breeze. I've been designing homes for, well, like 10 years. <laughs> In hindsight, yeah. uh, it's not really <laughs> that long. But <laughs> when taking the trailer, taking a tiny home, like I said, I thought it was going to be a cinch. This is going to be so easy. And then once we got to building, it was like, okay, we have to move the furnace half an inch. Okay. And then all of a sudden, everything needs to be moved half an inch. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. okay, now our countertop and our kitchen sink don't fit. So now we need a new sink. So in what I always say is we think in square inches instead mm -hmm. of square feet, mm -hmm. which That's is... so interesting. Uh, right? Yeah. And you have yes. to be really creative, I can assume, because you need to utilize every single you know, amount of space yeah. in that place, right? So yes. It's, 
yeah, it must be a journey for sure. <laughs> it was the first tiny home we built. It was my brain. <laughs> it had to do some serious. I needed a lot of omega threes, let's say, for the first <laughs> one because I had to rethink pretty much all of the training that I had done. So now, when I go back into traditional sized homes. I'm like, oh, this is easy, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> because there's so much more room. Yeah. But yeah. it is. It's like a puzzle. It's like playing Tetris. And it's you just have to put everything in. And yes, I do all of our designs and um, as wow. many as I have on our website. I think maybe we have 12 on our website. But then we have people coming in and we customize. We have that ability. And what I always like to talk to our clients about is if you're actually going to be living here and staying here, you're going from maybe a thousand square feet, maybe 3,000 square feet, mm -hmm. and you're going into this tiny space, we need to make it functional for you. It needs for to sure. work. So we analyze their needs, wants, their goals right off the bat, the first thing we do so that... So are they all custom or can people also choose from like select models as well that you have? Yeah, all of the above, yes. And we'll repeat uh, some of our custom homes that our clients have built and tweak them for other homeowners. Very wow. cool. We just don't want anyone moving in and going, oh, this is horrible, right? So what are you seeing as the price points of these? Like, I know I know it depends on the customization, of course, but what can people expect from an investment standpoint? For us and to ensure that it is livable year-round in Canada, of course. Mm -hmm. We usually start at about 75,000. Our homes average probably 100,000, and then they've gone upwards of 170,000. So that was the most expensive, 170? 177 was the most expensive, yes. Mm. However, we're working on one right now that will be more than that. Wow. But again, comparatively, it's fully custom. There's granite in the showers, granite wow. counter, like all of these, a copper bathtub and that kind of thing where we mm -hmm. put that into a tiny home. And because it's smaller, you're not at a million dollar home. But that's the thing, right? Like you can do all these custom yeah. features and you're still sticking like under the $200,000 price point, mm -hmm. which is still unheard of pretty much in the GTA. If you were looking to buy a place, like even a condo, it's like... Where yeah. do you get that, right? So do you yeah. ship Canada-wide? How do you get the yeah. tiny home? So we can actually go Canada or U.S., so anywhere, and that is with the certifications that we have. So um, basically, it's on wheels. That's the beauty of building something that's on wheels, is it can yeah. go anywhere. So we have a great delivery company that we use. Our homeowners can come and pick it up. We've had some mm -hmm. do that. They drive across Canada to come see us, and then take it home. So, well, yeah. Well, we have to go to break, but this is so exciting and we want to go through an investment aspect of this. So hang on, don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Jen, and we're just talking about tiny homes. Mm -hmm. So to pick up, um, Jen, we were digging into a little bit about, you know, what it's like to customize these homes, and we, we want to get into a case study. But before that, talk to us a little bit about, again, how the, 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 invest pricing. Yeah, the pricing works if you're looking to buy one of these, and is it dependent on how large these units are? Does it incorporate the customization as well? How much is it an inch? <laughs> Price per square inch. Yes. We'll coin that term. It should be really. Uh, oh my gosh. So we usually go by linear foot and width. So mm -hmm. yes, kind of on square footage. That's how we do it. But um, for a home, let's say 22, 
24, 26 feet long by mm -hmm. eight and a half feet wide, which is the regulations basically to go down the highway. Um, you're looking around that 85,000 to 100,000, and it really okay. does depend on what's included and whether you're using site hookups or what you have to have for your mechanicals, what kind of heating, what kind of sewer systems, electrical systems, and that sort of thing. So that plays a huge part in that pricing. Mm -hmm. And when we go through that custom process with our clients, then we really make sure that we're, we're just designing the whole system to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. So really anything's possible. So what does it mean if they're off grid? What exactly does that term mean? Yeah, off grid means that you don't need any services. So it means everything is self-contained. So whether a lot of people go with a composting toilet and mm -hmm. then they'll have a gray water holding tank or have a separate gray water holding tank that's maybe above ground or under the unit. They have a fresh water holding tank inside the unit and then also a solar hookup of some sort. A lot of people do wood burning fireplaces inside as well for that heat oh, that's source. that's really cool. Yeah, and then propane, so propane bottles. So you're not hooked up to anything that is tied to the So it's self-sustaining as it is. Yeah, I so wouldn't say self-sustaining, but it is, it is self-contained. Okay, okay. Yeah. And are, would those ones be more expensive yes. than ones that needed like all the power hookups? Yeah, that is definitely the easiest way to do it is to be fully hooked up to the grid. Mm -hmm. And then when we add the compost toilet, add the tanks and add the fresh water and the solar system, we usually budget about eight to $12,000 for that. And that really just depends on electrical load calculations and how many panels. And mm -hmm. of course, we're here in Canada and in the winter, we don't get as much sunlight as you would in Phoenix. Right. So we take that into consideration for how much electricity is being used inside the home. Very interesting. So can, yeah. can they actually live off the grid no problem or do you need like a backup system on these tiny homes i always like to say always have a backup <laughs> be prepared that's the girl guide yeah. in me yeah. uh, so, <laughs> yeah. two two heat sources especially in the winter i always make sure but even the second heat source could be just a little electric fireplace maybe of course mm -hmm. if you're off grid you might not want to use electric but uh, propane furnaces, that's a really great way to do it, mm -hmm. or in-floor heat or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we rely on a lot of propane when we're creating an off-grid system mm -hmm. because of, of just the climate here in Canada. Yeah. And how efficient are they? Well, it takes, let's see, the last show home that we had, we had a spurt where we were about minus 20 where we're building and it was outside. And I think the furnace turned on three times in an entire overnight period. So they're very well insulated. Mm -hmm. They don't use a lot of power. Even when you get people inside working and no heat's on, mm -hmm. it heats up just from the body right. temperature. Right, right, right. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Amazing. So now if we wanted to buy one, we can get financing. Absolutely. And that's a really good thing because you can get in with 10%. Yes. So if you're buying a $100,000 tiny home, mm -hmm. you can buy this for $10,000. Exactly. It's amazing. And that's where our little model comes into play here with doing yeah. a rental program with these tiny homes, you know, and that's really exciting to me. So where can we park these? Where can we put our tiny homes? That is the biggest question that we always get asked. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people are putting them in RV parks or they're kind of creating little communities on acreages or farms mm -hmm. or that type of thing or people that have land. So basically, if they are a certified RV, you always want to check with your municipality no matter what you're doing. Give them a phone call. There's different verbiage that, that you might want to use. Sometimes we call it a temporary dwelling right. or farmhand housing, which is really great, like what we were talking about before with... Uh, using acreages or, or farmland to put tiny homes. Yeah. But yeah, really anywhere where you can park an RV, mm -hmm. if it's a certified RV tiny home, then you can put it there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can, okay, so let's let's do our case study because this is exciting to me. And, and when I saw these numbers, I went, wow, that's great. 10% in, so let's say you do a $100,000 tiny home, yeah. 10,000 in, yeah, so yeah, so typically, I when looking into the financing for this, anywhere from ten to twenty-five percent down payment. Yeah. So it's really not bad if we're looking at a yeah hundred thousand um, dollar home. It's a down payment of ten thousand dollars, and you know the the interest rates can start anywhere from five percent. So it's not a mortgage, but it would just be um, you know like a loan on yes. this, an yeah. RV loan. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Great. And we can't get mortgages for tiny homes on wheels. And then typically anything, of course, that's not attached to the land, you could look into a chattel mortgage, yeah, like mm -hmm. a mobile home or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if they're on wheels, you're looking for an RV loan, and that's where those numbers start. Yeah. Awesome. We investigated yeah. that, so and the rates are pretty good too, starting at 5%. Yeah. yeah. So this is not too bad. It's, so it can be a really great option. Yeah, and I think people. the fantastic option would be as an investor to buy one of these and rent it out on Airbnb. Now I know yes. you have some clients that were doing that, and of course it depends on the location of where you're putting this and you know the seasonality around that. But what kind of rates just have you seen from your um, customers and what they can rent these for? It can be anywhere. I've seen anything from $67 a night mm -hmm. to 220 US. Mm -hmm. So all depending on the location, we see a huge amount of benefit, especially in tourist places. And one of the big reasons for that is because of tourism and because people are renting out their properties as Airbnbs, there's just no housing available. Right. So uh, the one gal I was talk talking to the other day, she said that she put, now this was her RV, but she put it on Airbnb and within two days the entire summer was rented out, including the days that she wanted wow. for herself. She had people messaging her. Wow. just And so she ended up just not going. She just rented it out and then they stayed in a hotel for their holiday. So it was, yeah, highly, in a high tourist area, there's huge opportunity, mm -hmm. especially for tiny homes. Cottage country would yeah, be great. Yeah. So we ran the <laughs> figures and it's, it's obviously very vague and dependent on many different factors. But if someone's buying a $100,000 tiny home and, um, you know, they're renting it out conservatively, say for $120 a night, and even if they can rent it out for 50% of the time, so say 15 days a month, wow. yeah. they could be bringing in $1,800 a month. Now, if we look at that, that um, uh, loan payment, where you're looking at around 5% interest. So you're 10,000 um, down, yes. so you're gonna have a $90,000 mortgage. Yes which would consist of payments of around $590 a month. So it's quite minimal. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how much you could be making on a very conservative level, so yeah. taking the 1800 subtracting the $590, you know, you could be making around $1,200 a month very conservatively in, in Airbnbs. So, I mean, it's, there's yeah. fantastic potential there for sure. Well, you've got me intrigued, and I'm a 
real estate fanatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a whole new realm for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to buy 20 of these and, and 10,000. 10, well, 10, you don't to call. Well, 100%. <laughs> and, uh, so, Jen, where do you see like kind of the future of tiny homes going? There has been so much, yeah, great question. There's been so much movement in Canada, and I get a lot of phone calls from people in Ontario saying, well, it's not the same here as it is in Alberta, or people Mm -hmm. in BC saying, it's not the same, it's not the same. It actually really is all the same. Great things are happening as far as building codes, regulating tiny homes, making them so that they are more accepted. Edmonton, Vancouver, they're working on changing bylaws, and a lot of towns and villages themselves are looking at um, allowing variances from the bylaws to accept tiny homes. So That's awesome. there's so much amazing movement. And I think that municipalities, they really do want to work with you and they want to figure it out. As long mm-hmm. as you go in saying, how can I make this work instead of will this work? Mm-hmm. And then working through so that it does meet any of the regulations or any of the things that they need. That's really the best way to approach it. So. And I actually saw um, on the news the other day, I saw an article about a tiny home community in Vancouver that was just starting up. And it was so cool to see that. So mm-hmm. it, there, there Do you is know about that, that one? I don't know about that one. But they yeah. are, I mean, they pop up all the time. And there's there's a lot of... There's a lot of hype. Sometimes a lot of them fade off. Sometimes some of them go through. So it'd be amazing to have a family actually live in there. Like how many people can fit in one of these tiny homes? Again, another great question that we always get asked are one of our clients, they have a family of four living in their tiny home right now that we've just custom designed. Right. Four. But there's, again, so many options. We can get super creative bunk beds, pull out couches. It all depends on the use yeah. and the functionality. Wow, that's so great. You know what? We're out of time, and I wish we had another at least half an hour with you. This is so exciting. Um, and we thank you so much for coming here. We're in Burlington, Ontario. You came all the way from Alberta. And you flew in today, so thank you. We're so honored to have you here. Thank you guys for having me. Great show. Thank you. For more information, you can go to 30 Minutes to Wealth to see all of our other episodes. Thank you for watching, and go and create wealth.